0: Hello everyone and welcome to episode 4 of the Bear Bard Tales podcast. It is I, the bear of legend, not only as- Ah, is that a freaking talking bear? This podcast takes stories as read on the Bear Bard's Tale YouTube page, strips them of commentary, and puts them in yummy podcast form for your consumption. Today we have a higher number of stories because some of these are from my short stories episode. So, without further ado, let's get to the stories, starting with... Why I prefer online play... Hi, now for my first post on this sub, I'm telling a story which happened 10-12 to 12 years ago and sorry for my bad English as it is not my native language and I haven't actively used it in ages. So I was playing an RPG that is very famous over here. I was craved for some good role playing, so I set up an LFG online and soon was invited. After a bit of back and forth via IM, I was invited to create a character with a DM. I decided I wanted to play a cleric of a thief and merchant god who is more into the more lighthearted aspects of his patron deity. Then I was at the DMs. One other player was there as well for a pre-session zero. So he asked me, I'm a female and this is important, what I wanted to play. Me. I thought about a cleric, as it sounded as if your group is missing some divine support and fexes, the name of the god in question, code might fit into your group. DM. Oh, Cleric is great, but we might need a Raha Cleric more than Vex. Side note, uh, I don't know if it's Raha or Raja, I'm not really sure. Don't tear me apart in the comments, just let me know, I am curious. One of our other players is already good with sneaking and stealing. Well, Raha is a goddess of wine, parties, and figures, sex. I was immediately feeling uncomfortable, me A girl of about 18 to 20 years of age with two strangers somewhere in their apartment. So I simply nodded and answered that I was cool with it. But if I could play a male character instead, the look on the DM's face was incredible. Him. Well, I don't see any problems with it. But in hindsight, you can also try that fex cleric if that suits you better. So I built a male fex character and left after the character was built and okayed. But as soon as I got home, I wrote him that I'm not interested in that group anymore. I wasn't feeling comfortable with it, though I didn't put it that way. Sadly, I was feeling too insecure. One might think this is the end of the story. Wrong. Two days later, he stood in front of my door with a rose in hand asking me for a date. I panicked and played dead for about three weeks, not answering my phone or my IMs. Enough to say that I didn't dare meet up with strangers or play for a long time afterwards. I only got back into role playing when Skype was widespread and even now I prefer playing via Roll20 and Discord. Even though by now I have found an awesome group and the best DM in the world. Edit. We met at his apartment. I never shared my address with him. Our next story. In which I accidentally made the female players extremely uncomfortable. This isn't nearly as dark as some of the other stories shared on here, really just an unfortunate misunderstanding that was happily resolved, but trigger warning for the usual topics all the same. I was in a campaign between late 2019 and March 2020, low-level campaign homebrew reminiscent of Eberron, which, by the way, is a great setting. We were all co-workers and ranged from being friends to at least friendly with each other, so no strangers. The party consisted of myself playing a rapier-wielding... Playing a rapier-wielding... Playing a rapier-wielding... Playing a a rapier-wielding tiefling bard. As a side note, that was a really, really hard thing to say. (laughs) A human paladin, a human fighter, a warforged druid, and an and bard. RDM, fighter, and I were all veteran players, and the paladin druid and other bard were first timers. The druid and other bard were both women IRL. Which is relevant, I'm a guy, which is also relevant. What preceded over the five-ish months campaign could easily be described as normal D&D. We bantered, we fought, we negotiated, we RP'd, we led a revolution. We uncovered a conspiracy, all that good-ish. Everybody was happy there was no incidents. I want to be as clear as possible. I, in no way, was playing a problematic bard. No hitting on barmaids, no hitting on other players, no seducing my way into or out of trouble. My character was not sexualized in any way, nor was anybody else's character. We were having good, clean fantasy fun. Which I feel like needs to be a tagline for something, I don't really know what, but I feel like that needs to be used somewhere. The issue that prompts me to make this post came up around the 2 month point. We had finally hit level 3 at long last, DM was stingy with XP, and we were able to take subclasses. Having always planned to go for College of Swords, I eagerly made my choice known and traded in my rapier for a pair of scimitars. After that session, the other bard player, privately, awkwardly, thanked me for changing my weapon choice, which confused me. Oh crap. After a series of tactful back-and-forth questions in search of clarity, I came to the extremely uncomfortable realization that the two newbie female players, eager to learn the game but with no frame of reference for how things worked and with little background in fantasy, had thought that the sword I was using was called a raper. They didn't know what a rapier was and it hadn't occurred to anybody else to explain it to them. For two months, two women who I was friends with and worked closely with had been putting up with the idea that my fantasy persona was a charismatic musician with a rape sword. Their introduction to D&D consisted of everybody acting like it was normal for one of the players to carry around a rape stick as their primary weapon. I was mortified. Fortunately, this proved to be something that was easily explained, between Google images and references to Prince's Bride. I quickly clarified what a rapier was, much to their relief. The party continued and we're still friends, but I'd give a lot to rewind back to the start of the campaign and clarify what weapon I was wielding, because I'm incredibly embarrassed by what they must have thought of me for those two months. Coming up next. Starbucks is not a good place to meet new people. I was 20 when I saw an online ad for a d meetup at a local Starbucks. I showed up hoping to find a friendly group to play with. There was only one person there, the guy who posted the ad. He was in his 40s and had an accountant vibe to him. He hadn't played for decades and didn't own any of the new books. He didn't remember much about how to play, but he had some old character sheets he wanted to show me. They were back at his apartment. It's not far, he said, and they were some pretty cool character sheets. Maybe we can go there and talk some more? Next one up. Schrodinger's Douchebag. TLDR, online troll tries to kick off with a disability joke, fails horribly, then tries to hog the spotlight with this failed joke. Ultimately, trolls players until they leave the server mid-session. The Cast, one GM out of his depth. Carl, Schrodinger's Douchebag. Lena, a player I know from a different game. The rest of the table, including me. This was an online game of Coriolis. The GM did a Session Zero with three players that seemed decent. But between Session Zero and Session One, he invited two more players, including Carl. So we met him during Session One for his contact. My character had a slight disability due to prior injuries. With the help of Cyberware, he was managing though. Nothing out of the ordinary for a character in a universe with wares, so I thought. It was mostly fluff. My character was intended to be the group's face, so when I first met Carl, I described my character with heavy scarring, visible chrome, and his walk was a bit uncoordinated. First thing Carl does is laugh out loud and he jumps on the opportunity to throw a couple of disability jokes. No one bites though. Just awkward silence. The GM tries to diffuse the situation by changing the topic, so our quest giver went through a quick introduction to highlight the reason I was hired. Negotiations were ahead. But Carl wasn't letting this gold mine go. So he went on with off comments ridiculing the character, especially asking the quest giver if a refund of the defective product was still possible. Well, I wasn't having it. So in character, I told him to cut the crap and show a little respect for fellow crewmates. And out of character, I told him to cut it as well. We don't share this kind of humor. The rest of the voice chat just kept silent. Carl tried to brush that off by mentioning it was only a joke and that we needed to lighten up. Landfall. The game moved on a little. We traveled and landed in some far-off settlement. The GM described how the mayor greeted us, accompanied by some pretty girls. Two sentences into the description, it was obvious the mayor was expecting someone else and he was a bootlicker, intent on using the girls to woo his expected guest. Carl immediately threw a fit at the GM. He demanded that the mayor has boys with him as well, and went on how this isn't truly an inclusive game if boys can't be part of the wooing as well. Lena told him it's probably because the person he's expecting is interested in girls, but Carl just went on telling the GM that if we need fair representation of cripples in space, then there needs to be fair representation of all sexualities in space. So, this was still about my character. Great. The sad thing is, he genuinely thought he was being clever and funny. Sadder even, the GM didn't even resist this BS at all. And just like that, the GM apologized and put a section of girls and boys, trans and not trans, into this scene to stop this madness. While laughing at the GM, Carl proclaimed to have fabricated a gotcha moment. It's all fun and games, right? Lena didn't think so. She excused herself and left the server. To be honest, I should have followed and spared me the rest. Clones Carl was prodding the GM how exactly the townsfolk were looking. The GM answered, "The are regular corporate folk. They look just like you. Another goldmine for Carl. He escalated the scene into a whole act about how the corporation used his jeans to make clones and even went so far as to dress them up as girls. Of course, the table tried to intervene and tell him that it's just a phrase. They're not clones, but the GM kept silent for the next 10-15 to minutes or so and Carl states he's not going to stop. The GM said what he said. The next player left. Amused by stirring up a fuss, Carl escalated further. Now he was going to rile up his clones to rebel against the corporation. Sadly, the GM didn't shut Carl down. Instead, he tried to sideline Carl and asked the other remaining players and me what we wanted to do next. Just ignoring Carl wasn't going to help though. To regain the attention, he started joking about how the cripple character was going to take a walk around the town. Yeah, hard pass. That's where I left. Don't know what happened to them after that. Here's our next story. First NPC of the campaign insists that PCs have in-depth roleplay. A bit of a humorous self-report here. It was my first campaign running 5e with a group of 3-4 newbies and 1 experienced player about 5 or so years ago. I started the party out in a caravan driven by an orc man named Boris, who is now an infamous legend among the group. He started by asking the players about where they came from, but being new players, they didn't really feel comfortable or confident to roleplay that explanation, and their backstories were vague. Boris kept pressing the PCs to have organic character interactions, eventually just asking them, verbatim, what are your backstories? At this point, the players had started to clown on him for being such an obvious bait for character interaction. I ended up doing what any self-respecting DM would, and I made him into an impromptu minor antagonist. All in all, it was a good lesson in not forcing the PCs to do anything they don't want to do, and Boris will always be a legend in our group. And on to the next story. A girl wants to join the game? Age, measurements, picks, please. Short and sweet. More eye-rolling than horror. About six years ago, a buddy of mine told me that he had found a group to play Pathfinder with. And hey, they could still use one more player. How about it? I was starving for some pen and paper, so I agreed immediately. He added me to the Facebook Messenger chat they used for communication. Now, in Facebook Messenger, you can see what other people wrote even before you joined. So the first thing I saw upon joining was this charming exchange. My buddy. Hey guys, I found another player. I've played with her before in my last game. She's cool and pretty hyped to play again. DM. Sure, why not? Add her and we can talk about what class she wants to play. Player 1. Fine by me. Player 2. uh, a girl at the table? Age, measurements, application picks. Player 1. Really? Player 2. What? A little juvenile humor has to be okay. It's a man's world, baby. (laughs) I don't know what that voice was, but we're going with it. Yeah, great start. Back then, I was used to being the only girl at the table, and sadly, that often meant laughing along with low-key misogyny. Because you wanted to be one of the guys. And bringing up sexism just handed you the label of oversensitive killjoy slash (sighs) bitch, and I really wanted to play. So, I laughed it off. Oh well. Player 2 proved to be an absolute nightmare at the table. Refusal to learn the rules. Constant, it's what my character would do. Slinging blame when he did not get his way. The works. And yes, more sexism. The table put up with him for way too long because we were playing at his place and nobody wanted to be the asshole that kicked him out. But eventually, enough was enough and he got the boot. Maybe one day I'll do a write-up of all his BS for this sub and here's that next story. Casual sexism can be bothersome. Hi people, hope you're all doing good. My horror story is nothing too impressive nor uncommon, and I may have played a part in it. However, it does hold some significance for me as I wonder if I could have reacted better. Internet often has opinions, so I figure I'll end up hearing some anyways. OP, me. BF, best friend. Oberon, problematic guy. Other guy, another guy. FP female player. I'll start off by saying that I am a woman player because it is relevant. Sadly, I don't have much experience in role playing, even though I greatly enjoy the activity. My best friend and I were going to spend two weeks at a game colony centered around role playing and board games. It was mostly great fun, and I met interesting people. Even made a few temporary friends that I lost contact with since. One of those people, I'll call him Oberon, is the character of this story. Great guy, well-meaning, funny, we had good chemistry, and he was part of our friend group. So, naturally, we ended up pairing with him and another male friend, Other Guy. When BF and I chose to roleplay, Oberon was the GM. He had chosen to have us do a fantasy quest in a medieval setting. Everything was in good spirit. We literally had one hour only to play, and none of us meant to play super seriously. We were just teenagers being kids. BF and Other Guy chose to play Warriors of the Light paladins exactly. Because I enjoy supporting characters and also because I wanted to have a set of skills that would complement my party, I made a cleric with healing powers bestowed upon her by the divine. And because all the rest of the party was male, I decided to make my character female. We're looking for a dragon, we fight a few monsters including bats, valkyries, we're having fun. Suddenly, Oberon throws a die and then smirks. We're all waiting for something unexpected to happen, when an NPC just gets out of a bush and smiles at us. Oberon then proclaims, his name is Roger OP, and you helplessly fall in love with him at first sight and now nothing will ever replace this man in your heart. You're more susceptible to fulfill your quests. Uh. Now, this is where my inexperience as a player and my sometimes ill-advised temperament come into play. The GM is always right, even when they're wrong is a rule I only learned afterwards. I got really defensive over the event, for several reasons. I immediately felt like this was targeted at me because I was the only female player and he thought it would be funny for me to be a damsel in love with a random peasant. Obviously, I originally had other plans for my socially awkward and task-focused character. I felt like this was forced on me and I did not even get a will roll against my inner desires when I asked. Furthermore, I warned the GM that this was out of character for my avatar because she was gay. I understand it may sound like I was pulling stuff out of my butt to try and avoid the encounter, but as an LGBTQ person, I often put something queer in my character, some way or another. I even wanted to make it the reason she joined the convent, to escape marriage with a man. To his credit, Oberon did not know that, since we did not have time to exchange origin stories before starting. However, he answered something that baffled me a little. She can't be. In medieval times, gay people were burned at the stake. Obviously, I got even more uncomfortable with that answer, and replied that since he added dragons and valkyries to his fantasy world, he could maybe allow my character to be a gay magical cleric. Luckily, we had to stop as the end of our hour was closing in, so there was never a resolution to this little incident. It was nothing major, but it did bother me for a while. Pausing for now with the horror story, I do believe now that I could have been a little less stubborn and played with the idea a little in my own way, rather than just rejecting it entirely. In all fairness, maybe this was even the beginning of a great arc with a charming triton that had enslaved my character's heart through magic and how we defeated him was with the power of friendship. I don't think Roger was plot related though. I think he was just a joke NPC that poked a little too much at my insecurity. AKA being the only female character in a male setting, which have already been a very uncomfortable situation in the past for me. Anyway, moving on. We actually played another game later on in the evening. I was the game master this time and the point of the activity was to design during the week an RP universe and then game master it with the others. We had the exact same composition, BF, Oberon, other guy, except this time we had another female player, FP. And her little brother irrelevant the universe i had created was set in an abandoned hospital and the players could collect various mutations by being exposed to chemical substances and dangerous creatures with bad effects good effects useless effects goofy effects i was now gm and the sole master of everyone's destiny at one point the party encountered a tentacle monster i'm sure you know where this is going oberon joked they should throw fp's character inside FP is playing a woman, to distract the monster. Hentai jokes are funny and all, I do like them, but I do not like the joke about letting the only woman in the party be wrecked by some eldritch monstrosity. I'm not sure that FP was all that amused either, as she was a shy person that did not know Eberron that well. I then shamelessly abused my GM power to table the turns and suggested Oberon's character to be thrown in instead so he could experience by himself this good time. He laughed it off pretty elegantly, and there was that. I would not have remembered if not for the fact that I had experienced a somewhat similar situation earlier, only with the power of hierarchy being reversed. Anyway, Oberon and I remain great friends and only fell out of touch because of time and distance. Still, it bothers me to this day. It's not incredibly sexist per se on his part, it's more on the casual side. But if I'm being honest, I am indeed bothered every time I remember this. I avoided playing with parties that were male-only outside of my queer self for a while. LOL. Yeah, I'm sensitive like that. This was my horror story. I'm looking forward to playing more games now and gather more of those to share them with you, the bright side being the happy and funny stories that you'll never hear of. Thank you for your time. Have a good day, everyone. Edit. Sadly, I can't afford to answer everyone who has read and replied to my story, but know that I'm grateful for your time and hope you're all having fun. Just to be clear, Oberon really was not that much of a dick, but I understand how people could come to that conclusion because of the red flags I'm highlighting in this story. Please do not say that I suffer from Stockholmish syndrome. I assure you that I have clarity of mind and I'm not making excuses for an abusive guy. I'm making excuses for a friend that never had another misstep, ever, in the history of our friendship. It's my choice to get over it. However, I respect your right to express your own opinion, either towards him or me. These horror stories are here to be de-dramatized and to entertain people, so if it's working, I'm fine with it in the end. And nothing's more entertaining than judging strangers on the base of their morally reprehensible decisions without having to worry about consequences for either us or them in the end. I do love to do it too. Have a great day anyway, and take it easy. End of edit. Next story up, Dice Fudger. Playing D&D well-deployed, only escape from this hellhole of a job. Jackass has a problem with fudging dice rolls and everyone knows it. Played for two and a half hours one night. One of the guys calls him out over the group chat. Guys, I'm not fudging my dice rolls. I sent a screenshot of his rolls from the night before. Nothing below a 16 other than one roll. He wasn't allowed to play anymore. Our next story, player hates that a PC sounds too black. We're playing a mini joke campaign and one player, who's black, writes up a monk based on black dynamite. He plays it pretty faithful and later that day, a player comes to me and says they're uncomfortable with how he talks. Says it sounds like a caricature. I'm black myself and it's all it takes not to laugh at her. But I hold it back and explain that he's just talking like a famous movie character. I show her a video of Black Dynamite and she says she understands. The next day, I found out from the PC who plays Black Dynamite that she told him I told her he couldn't play that character no more. This pisses me off, and I explain what really happened before telling her not to come to the next session. Next up, former teacher's wife creeps out the GM at a local game shop. As the title says, I was running a game at a local shop and in walked a former teacher and his wife from when I was in high school. I graduated 2006, so it had been a while. We started to make characters, and the wife makes a straight-up sex-obsessed, now-freed sex slave who loves sex. Okay? She tried to EVERYTHING. She f a a creature in the bathroom, she the ship's captain, and wanted me to describe in great detail what was happening. All while she smiled and bit her lip as her husband just nodded at me approvingly. Ugh. This next story is titled, A Micro Horror Story. Player brings his DM screen and personal dice tower to the game. Insists on using it because the DM gets to roll behind a screen so why shouldn't he? Also, it's his lucky dice tower. Yeah, I bet it is. The table is barely big enough for the character sheets, by the way. His giant wooden DM screen obstructs everyone's view of the game. For the record, I shot down the idea faster than lightning through a wet dog. It's kind of a jacked way of saying it. New session, a player is excited to show his new set. Player likes using magic missile a lot rolls his d4 a lot. Player loses the d4 and gets bummed out. Session wraps up. DM promises to find it for him. Later, DM walks with her dinner to the table, finds the d4. Our last story of the day, ongoing conflict with player who works against the party. Hello, first time posting here. In addition to sharing, I'm also hoping for some advice. The story is about a GM turned player whose character, evil based on behavior, does not want to work with the rest of the party and sometimes actively derails our mission. I go back a long time with this person and their characters, lawful good paladin, etc. were team players. They ended up taking a turn as GM and besides typically new GM growing pains, a bit too strong of a my job is to defeat the party mindset, things were fine when they were GM. Now they're back as a player and maybe they want to explore new experiences because they are playing an edgelord rogue with a GET REVENGE FOR MY MURDERED FAMILY backstory. At the beginning, they would do things like go stealth without telling us, go in a different direction, private message the GM, just annoying things. But lately, they have taken things to another level. We were in a situation where the enemies were going to sacrifice innocent people to summon their god. The guy starts attacking the VICTIMS during the battle with no explanation. We suddenly have to pull double duty protecting the victims from both sides, and we barely keep the victims alive. Obviously, we were pissed. And he won't even tell us why he did it. Basically, mind your own business. We have to fight him, tie him up, interrogate him, cast mind-reading spells to finally extract an ounce of explanation. He wanted to complete the ritual by murdering to ask the evil god who killed his family. After many back-and-forth exchanges, I couldn't even get him to promise not to murder innocents. He says he will not hesitate to murder an innocent person if it brings him closer to revenge. First, feel free to disagree with me about my feelings that the player shouldn't play a character this way. But in any case, what would you say to this player? And that's gonna wrap it up for today. I hope you enjoyed these stories. Do you have thoughts on any of the stories read today and need a place to talk about it? You can join in our Discord or our subreddit, or follow us on Twitter or Facebook. You could also find the initial videos on YouTube. We can be found everywhere under the name Bearboard Tales. If you enjoyed this content, please make sure to give us a sub and a follow. For now, This has been the Bear Bard. Stay kind, stay beautiful, and I'll see you next time.